Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm your genuflexer, Roger. My brothers and sisters in Christ, join me every other Wednesday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. That's what we call Christian genuflexing. Brother Bron, Bron, I was going to Brandon. That's like giving you like a, was that French or English? Father Brandon Burke. <laughs> I can call you Roger. Roger, yeah, like French or something. <laughs> Father, how's yes, it Brandon been? Yes, Brandon Burke. Yes. The return of the Berg. How's it been? How's yes, it been? Father Brandon Berg is back. You know, uh, if you know me, you know I like to say I'm having the best day ever. And uh, 99.9% of the time it's true. So um, That's good. I know you were yeah. talking a little bit earlier before we started about the, the, the ministry. and, and Yeah, so we have a couple uh, postulants. I'm in the formation program for the guys in the first year as the co-director. And they're currently on a retreat, um, studying, yeah. uh, learning about the three vows that they're discerning taking. So we like to give them information about the vows so they can have a better idea of what they're discerning. And I presented uh, about five hours of material the vow of poverty mm. and it wasn't really presenting like we we just went over the same documents together and read through the paragraphs and then shared about it and i gave details and experiences that's great father brandenberg got you here to talk about i know we've been talking about this for a while about watching watching eternals the marvel movie and then dune the sci-fi epic mm -hmm. movie and so we're going to talk about dune so today this is the the movie that came out, this is from uh, one of my favorite directors, Denise Venue, Arrival, or Sicario, or Blade Runner, uh, was it 2034? He's the one that did those. He, he directed those beautiful movies, and he's one of the best uh, young. It, when I say young, of course, you know, he's been around many years, but not like he's not a Spielberg, a Scorsese, not even a Christopher Nolan. So he's fairly relatively new. He's one of my favorite directors. And this movie was released in October 22nd, 2021, towards the end of last year. Great movie. Currently on Rotten Tomatoes, it's an 84% fresh. There's a bunch of um, Oscar nominations that have received. So visually alone it's stunning the acting is great the directing i think is superb he did not get a a best uh director nomination which i think is a little bit of, of, of a rob that he didn't get because this is a beautiful directed shot and acted movie so i kind of want to get into that in discussion talk about the movie dune now this is based off of the books the frank uh the, the frank hilbert's book influenced many many of the movies we see today including most famously star wars and you could see a lot of the star wars isms in the movie so right off the back like what was your initial overall first thoughts on hearing about dune was being made and have you seen any of the other ones or familiar with the background When the sun is low, 
falling over the sands. You can see spice in the air. harvesters land. The outsiders race against time to avoid the heat of the day. They ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. Let's see. I heard it was coming out. Uh, I honestly didn't know too much about it. I haven't read the book, uh, books, or seen the other movies, so uh, I was like a I was like a puppy coming in unaware. So you see the David day, the, so. the David Lynch one. The 19, I think it came out in the eighties. Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that because that was mm -hmm. that was a pretty you know not a huge movie, but a lot of people talked about that. So so you weren't familiar with the source material or anything then, right? Nothing. Okay. Only the name. Only the name, Dune. Well, this has great, like I said, the cast. Uh, Timothy Chalamet plays Paul Atreides. You have Rebecca Ferguson playing Lady Jessica. Zendaya playing one of the Furman. And Oscar Isaac, uh, Leto Atreides, Jason Momoa, Duncan Idaho. And uh, Skarsgård playing uh, one of the uh, Harkonnens, the, 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 uh, what's it, the Baron. And Dave Bautista coming in there, too, is playing one of the Harkonnens. So... Uh, real quick backstory. Um, Dune is the story of this was set. This is supposedly like 20,000 or so years in the future. And they have light travel. And uh, in order to do that, one of the best sources or the greatest. Come on. There you go. There you go. The greatest source. Right, spice. Is, yes. Is spice. It's Think of it. I guess you can uh, make an allegory or a metaphor to the oil. That's that's oil for us in that respect and it helps them travel uh, to do commerce to travel farther and there's a bunch of weird you know there's there's some little creatures and stuff or uh i think supposedly they were like uh humans that deformed and so they're, they're like kind of like uh evolving so they're they need this spice and then there's also what we'll get into uh later on a little uh order of women and so the spice is very powerful it helps give them the energy or the the forces that that they need and so it's a very hot commodity and um arrakis also known by dune uh, also known as dune is the planet that has it so this is where they mine it this is where they gather it so it's a very hot commodity and they have this like almost like the empire i guess you can guess you can say like this this huge federation of these houses and the emperor is the one that lords over them and you have the harkonnens who are like brutal stuff like that like a big empire or even like star wars and then you have house atreides which is more like the noble side you know the guess the good guys as you will so that's kind of like the little bit of backstory that that what happens with this so when it comes to the movie um i really overall i really loved it i really liked it the cinematography was excellent like i alluded to earlier uh the cast is amazing uh what did you think when you saw the movie? What were your initial reactions once it was done? Just overall. Then later we'll break down some of the certain scenes, but just overall, what was your initial thoughts and reactions? I found myself like uh, riveted, if you will, like glued. Like the first kind of maybe forty minutes, I was like, okay, but then like that last like two hours, I was just like, my eyes were big, and I'm just like glued to the thing, like oh. 
who's a, what's going to happen? Um, so, uh, I, uh, I have trouble actually with, uh, like kind of epic movies or novels like that, where I, you know, someone will come on the screen and I'll be like, who's that? You know, right. I'm one of those guys. So to sort of you know, give you the idea that I'm not, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it was absolutely stunning. As you said, the cinematography, the pictures, um, I thought it had great actors and good writing and good production. Uh, it was just really well done. Um, I could have, yeah, no, it was, it was great. I, I thought it followed the characters pretty well. Um, and it, it was kind of, you know, it, it, even though I was a little confused at sometimes, it never like lost me, you know, I always was able to follow the story and knew what was going on. So, uh, very impressed with it. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about the, you know, break it down into three parts, the first part, the middle part and the end. So in act one, I guess we would say, uh, I kind of want to talk about my favorite scenes from act one. So if you could come to mind, anything that comes to mind in act, the first act or so. And to me in the first act, um, the beautiful shots of when they're, when they go and they're going to, uh, I guess, summon, uh, Leto Atreides and his son to, to go over to Dune and help help out there but when you see like the vast scope i don't know where they shot that at but it's like the oceans looking beautiful the sky and it looks like a like a real place you know and i like that it's not too too super and too super something where you can't fathom at all like it's a beautiful canyon you know there's there's ocean and waves and the way the ships are designed this is reminiscent of uh i don't know if you saw this you, you should check out this documentary now it's called like jornowski's dune and it's about a documentary on the filmmaker, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Alexander uh, Jornowski. He was gonna, um, he was gonna make the movie like a long time ago, and he even had what was his name, Orson Welles was the Baron Harkonnen. He had like all these weird ideas, and actually he was the one that launched uh, Geiger's H.R. Geiger's career. The one he's the one who designed the Alien. And a bunch of the art books, and he has a lot of influence on Alien franchise, the uh, Ridley Scott movie, and they used a lot of drawings. Geiger was the one that that filmed, and they have a book of all the concept art, and it looks weird, uh, real weird. And his movie was supposedly going to be like five hours long, and so it, it, anyway, it's a crazy documentary. Jornowski's Dune, check it out. Be I loved it. I was like, oh my god, I want to see this movie. But I do see influences, like the way the ships are designed. They're not like. They don't look like anything in Star Wars or Star Trek. And I like the look. They're like big and bulky and they have like weird designs. And so to me, I thought that was very different. The costumes, I liked it because it was futuristic, but not too future. And I like the scene where they come down and they go up and they're summoning. And, and I guess they, they do the call, the call for them. And, and uh, Oscar Isaac, who does a fantastic job, who plays, he plays Paul Atreides, his father, he's the leader. And Timothy Chalamet is, is Paul Trades and he's standing next to him and the mother. And they're all like this glorious, this empire. And, and they, he does the summons and he says a line, something about like, House Atreides shall immediately take control of Arrakis and serve as its steward. Do you accept? Thank you. 
We are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts! And just the aesthetic of seeing them in the ships and everybody standing at arms. Like, I really love that part in the first act. That was so great. And then the fighting sequence with Josh Brolin is in this movie. And he's a trainer of Paul Atreides, who is played by Timothy Chalamet, the young guy. He's the main antagonist of the movie. And when they're doing that weird vibrating, it's like a shield. And they're practicing. Did you see that? And then it turns red. I guess that's like a kill shot or a weakness. So I thought the shields were pretty cool. And the way they fought like was was really awesome. And in the scene where they finally land on uh, Arrakis, and then the pipe bags, like the way they're, I was like, it's kind of weird. I was like, oh, cool, that's kind of cool. It's like, because again, it's in the futuristic, but not too because uh, uh, the way the clothes that they wear, it's not all weird. Like it's not that crazy. Like when you see them first getting, they have this huge honor, and the bagpipes are playing, and they arrive on. Arrakis and those are some of my and then of course just the the ships opening and the, and the the way Arrakis looked was so beautiful those are some of my favorite mm -hmm. scenes is there anything that stands out to you in the first act of the movie some scenes that you want to talk about it took me a while to kind of clue in to this uh like the about the different houses uh and what that meant and then what they were being asked to do but yeah the house Atreides is asked to go to this the planet uh dune um yeah and to see their kind of uh their courage to do that and their willingness to to take this task and it's uh it's very it's like it's very grand and regal you know there's the there's these people that look like um uh business yeah nuns you know big black gowns and the yes. headdresses and then there's other people that are dressed up like other different parts of the culture or different symbolism for culture so it has this um uh, this kind of like quasi excuse me um you know there's people that have the capes you know almost like a like a bishop yes or a, or a priest with a with a cope on or something there's kind yeah. of all these these different segments of their society and yeah when they all line up together and um yeah the ships are the ships are unique um there's that one that kind of looks like a hollow tube yeah. <laughs> and the other, the other, the other ships like come out of the end of it sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> it's unique. Uh, it's stunning. It's well done. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I never realized, or I never really made sense of that, uh, that kind of fighting shield thing that yeah. they use for some of them. It's like a bracelet. They put mm -hmm. it on and then they like tap it. And then they're like, and it's not cool. full it's some kind of like a like a 75 percent armor yeah. like they can still be yeah, killed with that thing on hurt. but i guess they get more of a chance or the 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 blows don't hurt them as much but um yeah it was cool to see that that training scene and what there was some line too about um about fighting right um <clears throat> don't you know the the master is trying to get the young uh trainee timothy chalamet to like practice fighting and he's like well i'm not ready to practice right now and he's like oh yeah you've got to always be ready or yeah. i can't remember you what it is now ready. but it's something like you don't you don't fight when you want to you fight when you have to yes. or something like that um, you have to always be yeah so there was some some good lessons there and yeah just a lot of good uh 
good cinematography, good acting, it's a good script, and yeah, what that's did, what I remember from that. Like, what did first you act. think about the that act when uh, the Bene Gesserit? That's what they're called, and what they are is like an ancient, mm-hmm. ancient school of of nothing but females, and they they come from like a mental and physical training, and they have like a lot of like monk influences or or mm-hmm. the jedi from the star wars you can see them as that they're they have this a spirituality like a religion and i like that scene uh, where where paul treaties goes in and his mother's like worried and scared and she goes to the main the main lady you know with what you're saying like the big black thing and she tells him to put his hand in the box and so mm. she does a scene where she puts like a sharp needle to his neck and he's like if you pull your hand out you die and so, like, she's like, what's in there? And is in there's pain. And so it doesn't show what happens, but his hand's underneath the box. And um, I, I got the idea because at the end that it's all mental because he pulls out his hand and nothing's wrong with his hand. But that scene was mm. excellent because his mother was part of the Bene Gesserit. And there's this, again, this ancient order of females. And it's almost like a um, messianic religion, too, because they have, like, they're waiting for their messiah, too. And you see that as the film progressive. So it's this very, uh, a lot of religious and spiritual influences. They have the thing called the voice where it's almost like the, the Jedi powers, you know, it's like, um, the force, you know, when mm. they can make you do what they want with that voice, use the voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing you that can see like where the, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. From, uh, from the George Lucas took from the influences of that. But when the Bene Gesserit, mm. when they have the main, the, the mother, uh, when they do that scene, uh, what did you think about that? Because I thought it was pretty tense because the way the, the mother's so, so worried, right? She's worried about her son. I was like, wow, she's willing to like risk her son that he's like the prince and stuff. What do you think about that? I didn't really understand that scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was like a, like part of his, you know, he's like the, the trainee, you know, yes. so they're they're testing him. You know, the fighter guy is training him and testing him to see if he's ready to be the warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then here comes this, like, yeah, they're they're like the this Bene Gesserit. They're kind of like this combination of, like, uh, nuns and politicians, yeah. you know, where it yeah. seems like they're pulling the strings for the whole universe. But yes. they're, it's all behind the pictures of using the voice. Mm-hmm. Like, they can say it in the weird voice and then people do it. Um, so they're kind of, you know, seeing if this kid is ready ready to assume the position um yeah and he comes through pretty strong it, it's tense he gets all sweaty yes uh, and his hand is like shaking inside the box and she's got the weird needle next to his neck um yeah it to me it just seemed like part of the the testing of his readiness and i didn't fully understand it but he got his hand out and he didn't die and <laughs> yeah he, <laughs> he made it to the planet so i guess he hand. passed right yeah and this <laughs> from this they call it the benate jesuit litany and it, it goes like the line that they're saying because the mother's saying it I, I like it I have, a, I have it here it says i must not fear fear is the mind killer fear is the little death that brings total obliteration i will face my fear i will permit it to pass over me and through me and when it has gone past i will turn the inner eye to see its path where the fear has gone there will be nothing only I will remain. And that's the, the Bene uh, uh, Gesserit's litany that they do. And they use that to say over and over to mm. kind of like have um, power over the physical, physical uh, pain. I must not fear. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
So the Reverend Mother, uh, played by Charlotte Ramping, she's the one that tests him. So you see mm -hmm. that that this litany that they do, it's it's like a reinforcement, almost like a prayer, you can say, because it's called a litany. So we have many, like the litany of humility, the litany of trust. There's so many different litanies. Um, sure. I love doing those. I try to do those every day. Uh, the litany mm -hmm. of patience or the humility or the trust. And mm. I, I try to do those every day because I really love those. And we have many more. Uh, the litany of, with the sacred heart of Jesus Christ. Um, sure. So so many different litany. A litany of litanies, I guess. It's like almost like a litanyception. Like there's a litany for a litany and then another litany of litanies. like Inception, the movie, except <laughs> prayer. So Whoa. I love those. So like that the the binary jesuit litany can you speak on like the power of the like when she's recite because she's nervous she's scared she's sweating she's like in the back she wants to bust in the door she doesn't but then she says this litany that they have and it calms her down and it is like when you read it i'm like wow yes i want to have fear so what can you contrast or pull from that uh from from our catholic faith in in many of the litanies that we that we have one and you could just pick anyone or one you know your favorite or one that you think is powerful like that i mean i think the like the the value one of the values of prayer in general is like for those tense moments like when we are overwhelmed by emotion if we have something memorized it can slowly slow down the heartbeat it can bring us back into our let us know that, you know, we're part of a big plan. So um, I, my favorite litany is the litany of Loretto. I like it at the end oh, of the rosary. Yeah. Um, and for me, it be becomes something very intimate, you know, where I sort of call upon my mother, the blessed lady with kind of all these like, well, like, <laughs> you know, like mommy, mama, dearest, you know, lovely, beloved. It's like calling upon someone you love with all these different names. So, but I, I, I definitely, I have parts of it memorized, but I don't have it. I don't have it like uh, the, I couldn't recite the whole thing by memory. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, for me, it's like, you know, when you're in that tense place and where you feel powerless, you know, so the mother is like, oh, my son's in there. I'm overwhelmed with emotion. I don't know what's going to happen. And you turn to something that you have memorized that's prayerful, that that calms you down, that lets you see that a bigger picture is in play. I think, you know, those are my comments on that. That's great. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, it does. Like if I'm feeling <laughs> flustered or something, I start doing the litany and over and over and I'm saying it in my head and I'm, I'm reading it or praying it or a uh, hallow app has an app. So they'll, they'll say it so you can put it on in your earphones and, and you just repeat it, you know, and, and it, it does, it just, uh, reaffirming 
our faith in Jesus Christ and, and yeah, something bigger than us to kind of focus ourselves outside of ourselves and think of the big picture. So yeah, I love that. It's great. One of the last scenes that I liked in, in the first act was the, the, the first introduction of the worm. And I love, first of all, I love the, the helicopter type of, of, again, it's very sci-fi with, but with, with, without being too sci-fi because they look like helicopters. They, they, um, they function like helicopters and so i like to see that the the little they look almost like bugs or something right so they're lifting up mm-hmm. in the, their space helicopters and they're flying over again once again beautiful landscape of dune arrakis it looks like a real place like they actually went to another planet to shoot it. that's how beautiful and real look and then you see the introduction of the worm right like uh it fills the vibrations right almost like, you know reminded me of i was laughing of have you seen the movie tremors <laughs> yeah definitely it's it like the christian it's just like tremors <laughs> Yes. Like we're, so, right. they're like, oh, I guess they're supposed to warn them something happens, right? So they're not able to evacuate, and so they go down there. Of the Atreides, he goes in there with his son. How many men on that crawler? Crew of twenty-one. Our ships can take six each, and still three short. We'll find a way. Um, Paul Atreides, and they try to rescue these the people that are stranded and you see the sandworm coming right and it's like going fast and it's getting closer and closer and they finally help everyone escape and then he starts having visions so uh paul trades played by P- timothy chalamet he's a young one he starts having these visions even before then you you know something's different about him when the the reverend mother from the the bene Gesserit, like she know something special even the mother knows something special because she is is from that order that ancient ancient order and you know that he has that same blood and they keep talking about messiah they keep talking about there's this messiah coming and so again this order is just a bunch of women like nuns but in their mythology and their religion they feel like they're waiting for the one who the male will have the powers as they do the voice all of that and you see that happening i think that's i think that's in part the why the reverend mother tested uh, uh tested him to see that okay he's legit like he really something special so anyway in that worm scene he has visions of the Furman. you know they're the people they're the the natives of of arrakis that, that's what the Furman are so he's having visions of them so can, can you speak on uh, if you want to speak quickly on on that one that scene uh how awesome it was and then also about uh what does our faith teach us about uh visions private revelation versus public oh, wow yeah, I mean that's the 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 few times that the movie is kind of annoying. It's like annoying when when that when the Timothy Chalamet character is like doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, and it's like, don't walk towards the thing now. The giant worm is coming. So, <laughs> yeah. but of course, you know he's saved, and it makes it all dramatic. But um, yeah. So um, yeah. There's definitely yeah something going on with him. They they show those flashbacks and the scenes and the visions pretty early on, so you know something special is happening with him. Um, yeah, and it so the the people of Atreides, right? These Furman, they're the ones who have this belief that a Messiah is coming, right? Or it's the okay. They yeah, both have the Furman have that belief, and then the 
the Benate Jezerate, the order, they also have that belief. So there's like oh, some okay. mixture. And I can't okay. remember what they call them, but the Furman call them by another name. It's a real like Arabic sounding name. Yeah. It's like the, a two word, the Alshurin Shin something. It's, yeah. it's something like that. So they call it that. Basically. The same, some type of prophecy. Yeah. They believe in a prophecy. Right. Someone is, someone has been prophesied. Yes. And that someone will come eventually. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so all the tension is like, is it this kid? Is it, you know, him? is yeah. it Timothy Chalamet? Is it Paul Atreides? So, yeah, and it, it doesn't seem like anyone's sure. You know, he's kind of like stumbling along. He's filling the role yet. Um, yeah. And he has these dreams. And he doesn't know what they mean, and nobody else is really sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess on a, the, you asked also about the private revelation yeah, so versus because he public has, revelation. Yes, because he has visions. And, and so I was like, yeah. well, what if somebody has vision? Maybe they don't know if it's a dream, if it's oh, a vision. Okay. So what what can we uh, what does our faith teach us about uh, visions in general or like private versus oh, public? Okay. Yeah. Like let's say if somebody was thinking they're they were Paul Trades and like I had this prophecy and like how <laughs> do we believe them? Like what if somebody just came out or a priest or a layman was just like I've been having these these visions and 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 the Lord's trying to tell me something. How should we go about like how should we uh, navigate that? I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess just in a few sentences, my general understanding of that is like uh, the main thing about a private revelation is uh, it should never contradict public revelation, right? So if someone has a revelation that says uh, Jesus is not the Messiah, but this guy named Tommy down the street is, it's like, okay, well, that's wrong. Because that contradicts all the Bible that says Jesus is the Messiah. So, um, and the the main thing about a private revelation is it's the like encouragement to live out the faith, right? So when the when the Blessed Mother appears, she always has like encouragement for the people. It's in line with what the what's been revealed in the Bible, and it's not something extra added on, but just encouragement to uh, to live the faith that's already been revealed to us. I, I guess personally, uh, yeah, just, um, you know, like don't, don't, don't seek revel, don't seek private revelation, you know, seek to be faithful to what's already been revealed, you know, seek to get rid of sin in your life, uh, seek to be as loving as charitable as you can. Don't give in to those who the Lord has determined by his own grace and his own will. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. The second act of the movie, okay. I, my favorite scene is I think everyone, most everyone's favorite scene is, is the actual, uh, well, actually before that, before that you see the, the Harkonnens and you see the Baron Harkonnen. He's this big played by Skarsgård. He's just like creepy big guy, right? All, like bald, all white skin, like just huge. He has like a little, like a, like a jetpack almost like on him and he's flying hmm. around and he have Bautista. Those are the bad guys, the weird looking people. And to me, it, it, they look like fright. Uh, they look fright intimidating. Definitely, mm. they're very intimidating. I think even Josh Brolin's character uh, earlier, Timothy Chalamet, says something about like fighting, and he's like, "These guys are are they're they're what did you say?" He goes, "They're they're animals. They're barbarians. You know, they're barbarians." Mm. And you see them, and and it's, everything's dark, and everything's creepy, and they're mm -hmm. getting ready to fight. And you find out like the that the emperor kind of set up house atreides to go there 
to be taken over by the Harkonnens. And so the introduction of the Harkonnens, the bad guys in the movies, I thought that was real excellent. The way they looked was creepy. They looked brutal. And then finally, when they're on Arrakis, uh, the scene where they infiltrate and they take out the Atreides. So the, everyone's, it's nighttime, it, they're asleep. And then all of a sudden, uh, Oscar Isaac kind of wakes up. You know, he kind of wakes up and stuff. He goes through the room. Stuff's happening all over. And he, he puts, he tries to put on the, the little shield. Remember, like, that vibrating shield. And he puts it on. But then uh, somebody shoots a little dart. And it's like almost like it's pretty cool. It's like a penetrating dart. So it penetrates the shield. And I was like, oh. And I, I've seen Dune, the the eighty the 1980s one. So I, I knew I knew what would happen. But I was still like, oh, no. He's such a good, great character. I loved uh, Oscar Isaac's uh, portrayal of, of, of Leto uh, Atreides. And uh, so I know what I knew what happened, that he dies. Um, so then he gets, like, paralyzed. And you see that it's it's he gets betrayed by one of his, his uh, helpers, you know, one of his assistants or whatever. And then all of a sudden, uh, hell's breaking loose all over. They start bombing. They're hitting the shields. And then the Harkonnens uh, with the Emperor's, I uh, get to call them the Emperor's Blade. They're like an elite force that the Emperor send. So they come in there, and they look cool, the aesthetic, the way they look, like their, their suits and stuff. And they, they catch them off guard. They catch uh, Joss Brolin, one of, the, one of the guys in the House of Trades. He's caught off guard, and he gets his men, and he rushes. So they start fighting. You have this big battle scene. So what, what, what can you tell us about that scene? That, that was a pretty, to me, that was, that's like might have been the best scene in the whole movie, that little, those whatever minutes it was sequence. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that starts off, too, with the um... – oh, man, it just slipped out of my head. Um yeah, there's like that. Uh, I don't not to overgeneralize too much, but there's like a like an Asian doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's yeah, like he's like the their doctor. Physician, right? then you, you figure out pretty quick that this doctor has like betrayed them. Yeah, like f- from the inside. Yes. It's like, oh man, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, that part was kind of disappointing, uh, but then he's sort of like only he like set up the whole betrayal, but then he like saved the one guy a little bit, right? Yeah. He saved the dad. The father figure a little bit. He puts like a, a some type uh, of almost like a cyanide capsule, kind of like in his tooth, right? And it's supposed to like he oh, bites yeah. down on it, and it's to help him later supposed on to release the gas. And kill, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, my lord, but I've made a bargain with the Baron. Why? I had no choice. Yeah, so it was like he's the he betrayed both sides. I'm like, well, that's just I don't know, <laughs> kind of strange. Um, yeah, so that that's that's actually where I got a, I started getting a little bit lost. I was like, wait, like who's coming to take this thing over? Like I thought these guys just got yeah. there. Uh, so 
Yeah, and also that's the I think there's a couple good scenes I liked with the Jason Momoa. Yeah, Jason Momoa, he was a good character. Yeah, I, 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 he did, he is a good character. Like I kind of like the way he springs to action, um, and the the kind of way he starts, uh, pardon my French, kicking ass and taking yeah. names. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a big tough guy, so it's cool to see him uh, swing his axe or use his weapons, whatever he's got there. I so, thought the fighting was pretty cool. The choreography and the, the fight sequences are pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's very, uh, yeah, aesthetically pleasing, you know. It, it's uh, it's really well thought out and well done. And it's, like, futuristic and different. Yeah. It's not, it's like, so odd that it just, like, strikes your yeah. eye or your mind in a weird way. So, yeah, very well done again. Yeah, definitely. And so, like, they everything's going to hell, and they're blowing up everything. Everyone's getting killed. And then uh, they have the Harkonnens finally capture Oscar Isaac. And that scene where uh, Timothy Chalamet and his mom escape. They escape to the to get on the helicopter. Or they get – no, they get captured, right? They get captured. But then they use the voice, right? They use the voice because they finally get uh, – they have, like, their mouths covered, but they get loose. So the mom use, – uh, Timothy uses, tries to use he, – he succeeds in some level – but he still doesn't have but he still has it in him so he's able to do some things but then his mom's the one the master so once she gets loose she takes over and they take over the little helicopter thing and so they're they're safe in a way but um his dad atreides he's in that room and you see the harkonnens and the the leader he goes up into there and he tells Mm -hmm. him like that his his son and wife are dead and he's just laying there. He's like paralyzed because he can't move. So that's when he bites. Mm-hmm. He, he, he tries to tell something to get closer. He gets the uh, Harkonnen to get closer to him. And then that's when he mm-hmm. bites down on his little his little tooth, uh, secret little. For hundreds of years, we've traded blood for blood. No more. Your son is dead. Your concubine is dead. Tonight, the house of a trade is full. And your bloodline ends forever. What did you say? goes everywhere but but we find out later that the everyone pretty much dies except the the baron harkonnen because he has that little jet pack so he like flies up he let us pretty well like it looked funny because he like flies in the air so later on it he's like on the ceiling like i guess staying up there to avoid until like the gas dies down so i thought that was a pretty cool scene um is there anything in the middle that that you could think of like a cool scene or anything that that you want to like talk about well there's the there's a thing with the ring too so doesn't the the double crossing Asian doctor like take the ring from the father, and somehow wraps it up and gets it to yes. the son? Yeah, yeah, uh, he's able to get. I that can't job. remember. Yeah, I can't remember to... all those details, but like his betrayal is based on the good of his wife. He's trying to get some like healing powers or trying to get some freedom for his wife. So you see that he's kind of pressured into it, and you can see that he kind of. He did it because for his wife, but he his heart wasn't 100% in it. So he does these things to 
to help out the, the Atreides family along the way. So, yeah, I thought that part of, you know, there's a lot of symbolism and power in the ring, having that ring that you can stamp those documents with and having the ring passed on from the father to the son. So it was nice to see that carry on. And I like the, oh, and the, uh, I forget her name, but the mother, uh, Paul Atreides, they have that, that, uh, that kind of little uh, sign language that they can do. So like, even though their hands are like tied up behind their backs, they're able to like sign language with each other a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's just there's a lot of neat little stuff there. Right before that, too, you you kind of going into the, the last half of the movie. Um, during the middle, too, they kind of set up the, the 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 native people from Arrakis. Uh, you have one of the characters uh, played by Javier Bardem. I didn't know that was him at first. I had to look it up. I was like, oh, okay, it's him. He comes out most famously in a, a No Country for Old Men. He comes out in uh, not Spectre, but the James Bond movie. The one, uh, it was it Spectre or, am I, or, or the one before Spectre? I can't remember. Uh, it's a good actor. He comes out in Mother, but yeah, that was him. I, I didn't realize that till later. So he plays one of the characters, the the Furman, and so they go out and they establish that they're they're cooperative with Artrades, but not fully. You know, they're kind of like neither friend or foe. They're kind of neutral at this time. Uh, they kind of help. Jason Momoa has struck up a good relationship with them. So anyway, so in the third act, uh, Paul Trades they escape, and Jason Momoa finds them. So and and again, I was like, oh man, he, I know he's his, he's gonna meet his ends, but he's a pretty character. He lasted you know pretty long, and they go to the Furman and they're asking them for help, and they start traveling with them, and that's when they're in like the dune they're going around walking around the beautiful desert and talking about that's where she, um timothy chalamet he meets uh zenzaya uh, the character that plays and the one that he's been seeing in in the visions he's been seeing her in the visions so when he sees her he's like something's up like he can kind of see the future right it's, he has these visions so they meet up and they start talking they start getting closer and they talk about again there's this talk of the messiah the or the Azarine or something like that. I remember. I can't remember the name of the. But they start talking about that. So and it has a, something to do with with the uh, sand sand power, with the, as they call it. And so the the worms and controlling the worms and it has all this this prophecy. So it gets very interesting. And they're walking around the desert and he's continuing to to have these visions, these visions. And so I kind of wanted to talk about like how this movie is. Uh, obviously parallels to to the Christ, the Messiah. Um, you see in in the Old Testament and Isaiah and all throughout um, this talk of a Messiah's coming, you know. And then in the New Testament, even Jesus alludes to himself. He is, I am that. I am the one. You know, I am that. Uh, and you heard in the, the Old Testament, it's like I am Him. And you see this, and throughout you see this proclamation. Uh, even John the Baptist. When talks about the Christ, you and then obviously later on in the Transfiguration and the proclamation in Matthew sixteen eighteen, you are the Christ. So you have all this, the Anointed One, the Messiah. You have all these illusions, and I think that's the biggest and most uh, noticeable influence of that religion and spirituality has in this Dune movie. So could you take us through that and and talking about the the elements? Yeah, good question, Roger. Thanks. Um, yeah, I think the for me, the big difference was the, you know, when you read about Jesus in the Gospels, uh, like he ever doubts who he is, he's more about it and experiencing it, but like 
fuck he knows, right? <laughs> uh, and this, uh, you know, Paul Atreides is like, okay, something's going on, but I don't really know what it is. Uh, so I think that I think that's the big difference. Um, I'll tell you what what I tapped into most in the movie was the uh, um, the the people. I th- I thought they they really highlighted that well. They're, sorry about the expectation of the Furman, like all the people that live on the on the planet. Like there's a couple scenes. I think it's a little earlier than this third act, but the scene where it shows like all the people and they're all waiting and like the family comes and they're all like you know is this gonna be the one and then uh, and then it, so now we're in this third act you know and so uh yeah paul and his mother have escaped and now they're with the Furman and they're moving through the desert and everything and it's like the Furman aren't sure like is he the one well let's put him to the test and he's like am i the one am i gonna survive the test you know so uh so i think that whole like the expectation and the desire and the wondering like of the people you know like is this the one i thought that was really uh, a neat experience to kind of tap into it'd be good for advent i'd like to rewatch it in advent and then uh but i think the main difference was that this kid doesn't doesn't know and then when i read jesus it's like it seems pretty clear that uh, there's a story about jesus um bring when he's a little kid when he's a little kid and he brings like a bird to life and then there's one where he like, there's like a little kid and he like throws a rock at the kid and then but brings him back to life. I don't, do you know that guy? I can't remember what it's called, but um, I think they even I, made I a movie it's... off of it called Young Messiah. Oh. I have not seen it. I want to see it just mm. out of curiosity, but it's one of the Gnostic gospels that they got that from. And it's about Jesus when he's like a little kid. Uh, I don't remember what gospel. What not? It's a Gnostic gospel. Yeah, I want to say Thomas. Yes, there you go. Yeah, we said it at the same so. time. Yeah, we had that doomed <laughs> telepathic power. Yeah, Thomas. <laughs> oh, the gospel of Thomas. Yeah. So I think that's interesting uh, because yeah, in, in our faith it teaches us. Because I remember I had that question: is like, wait, did God know He was God? You know, and I've heard uh, like debates and stuff like that. It's like, wait, I wonder if He was. Did He know who He was? So that's interesting. That yeah. Um, yeah, he knew who, he, Jesus knew who he was. He knew. And that's the difference, you know, with Paul Atreides doesn't know. He, he's like, he doesn't even believe. He's like, what is this? So I, I like that point you made. And then the second one, the point was about um, the Furman awaiting. And that brings to mind yeah. the Israelites, like how they're waiting and they're waiting for this Messiah. You know, it's a, they have the they have Moses and they have Joshua and then the judges. You know, they have all these different judges coming in here trying to like straighten out. And then the prophecies. The prophets coming in to kind of like remember what God said. Stop turning your back on, you know. And then you have like in, in uh, what is it? And Hosea and God's t- constantly chasing after the people of Israel, Israel, but they're constantly turning away and and getting balls on their own balls, their own masters, um, and worshiping other gods and false gods. And you see what happens in the Old Testament over and over and over. You see it in in when uh, eventually uh, what is it? The the Assyrians decimate the northern tribes and babylon all these captivities and you know the 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 northern tribes the 10 tribes in the north are are obliterated lost to lost to history and only benjamin the tribe of benjamin and judah survive and constantly even when they're going into the babylonian exile they're like god's gonna come god's gonna come and save us right now and god's kind of like nope I'm, I'm coming but not yet i have something uh planned for you i know what i, I know what i'm gonna do but not go go in there marry you know so the, and then of course later on when jesus comes the, the people of, of of israel and and, and the, the 12 tribes or the 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 jews they're they're 
they're anticipating the Messiah, and they're like, is this is, is this the Messiah? So, um, yeah, I, I very much see them as the people of Israel, the Furman. I, I think that's a huge influence that, that Frank Herbert took from from uh, from uh, the Old Testament, New Testament, from uh, the Bible. Uh, they go through all this uh, information about how important the, the special suit is to keep your to keep your perspiration in then then they then they don't put the the face mask thing on it's like well is it important or not you know i don't know i i felt they kind of they they downplayed like how dangerous it was for them there so i thought that would have given another edge if they had to really keep the suit on there so um yeah, the I mean I, I think that for me the the big scene for the last part was um that kind of a uh, duel of the wits or the the battle between uh Paul Atreides and I forget the character's name but one of the Furman who like challenges them to a duel like if you're the Ashim Hala then let's go at it and see if you really are uh yeah and there's there's some powerful scenes around that um it's almost like too mystical where she's not like a real like flesh and blood Furman character. And it's kind of, um, but yeah, it was, you know, it, it shows you like how tense that, that people, how tense the Furman are, how um, unsure of outsiders and how, you know, even though they have this, uh, this prophecy and this desire for students to come, you know, to test it, they're going to find, not just going to let anybody into their, you know, underground places to save them. They're going to make sure. So, yeah, a few, you know, a few little little glitches there, in my humble opinion. But, uh, yeah, really well done. And definitely that that scene between Paul Atreides and the one Furman, those, those were the big, that was the big highlight for the for the last part for me. Where uh, oh, they're, okay. they're, they're, they're baroning down and they're trying to get to them. Trying, they're trying to do the escape. And Jason Momoa has to, to, to stop. His, what's his name? Idaho. Something Idaho is like a weird, like a very, I was like, wow, that's a very American name. Something Idaho. Yeah. And, uh, he goes in there and he kind of sacrificed himself. And so to slow them down and he takes on like four or five of them, and, you know, and he's still standing. They're killing him. They're, they're cutting him. They're, they're hitting him. But he's still, he's still, he's still standing. So I thought that was a pretty awesome fight scene. Good action. Mm-hmm. For for Aquaman, <laughs> like showing his his strength yeah. and his skill, yeah. Um, and then also to well, well, because because that scene had like kind of been prophesied, like the kid had had the vision of it, and then it happened, but not exactly like he didn't see all of it. Like it, it played out a little bit differently in real life than it did in his mind. So I thought that was real cool, and I like too when they show the uh, Baron Harkonnen; he's still alive. And he comes out of that big black goo. It's like a like a pool, but like been like a cheap, cheap motel that they just neglected it for years. And it's like all black and disgusting. Like you never want to swim there. And he just pops out and he just looks menacing. He's just like in there. And you see that he's still alive. Atreides legions are the finest in the Imperium. Trained by Gurney Alec in Duncan, Idaho. And then the score too. The score was beautiful. Like I love. It was Hans Zimmer, the one who did uh, 
the Dark Knight trilogy. He did many other movies. He's the one that did uh, he did Man of Steel. So his score was beautiful. The music for the movie was beautiful. Hans Zimmer throughout beautiful score. Desert power. This is only the beginning. And I like at the end when they're walking off, right? Almost like Lord of the Rings-ish, right? They're like walking off and the movie's about to end and then they see the big giant worm, right? And then one of the one of the Furmans is riding on top of it. He's like riding it like a horse, like, like a Western. I would probably have to give it like a like an 8.5 or 9 maybe. Something probably a 9 or an 8.5, probably a, eight, a high 8.5. I would really, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, it's not going to be for everybody. It's it's a slow burn at parts. You know, it's long. Yeah, there's some slow parts and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's right now. I give it. I I, cause I keep jumping back and forth between a nine and an eight point five. For me, it was long, but for me, I was glad that it was long because it didn't feel rushed. And it, like although it did feel long, like it never felt like it was dragging. So I don't. It, it's just really, really well done in in that manner my opinion um yeah they really took the time to develop things they didn't rush it uh it's long but it doesn't drag yeah it's really well done i i guess on a scale of 10 yeah i'd probably give it an eight and a half it's good good show um yeah if i were more of a reader i'd probably want to read the books yeah i want to read the book I, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm not as much of a reader um but yeah. it's probably something i should think about so yeah this movie definitely got me interested in reading the I, I definitely want to start reading mm. the books now for sure but yeah it's been fun to be on the show and thanks thanks for having me on the show i uh, appreciate your attention to the details it was fun to kind of dig into some of them with you so yeah i really enjoyed this i i, I like talking about this movie and and uh not not a lot of people saw it too it's it's a hit or miss so um i'm glad mm. you saw it and that way we can talk about it and and pull, uh, pull a lot of the the religious elements because i think there's a lot of uh, religious themes and elements and, and pieces that 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 uh, Dune, the, mo- the the story, has took from from uh, Catholicism or Christianity in general, even maybe mm-hmm. even some Muslim influence or religion in general. But um, sure, I-, I really liked contrasting it between our faith and, and what we see in the movie. So yeah, man, thank you for for doing this. I enjoyed this. Uh, again, everybody, if you guys want to check out uh, Father Brandon Berg, um, they have the you guys still do the the Brothers Hut uh podcast yeah. uh yeah i know you guys try to do it like uh at least once a month or twice a month so that's that's good you guys have have i know y'all have schedules right y'all like y'all moving around yeah y'all both doing like different well we stuff and... we've been on a bit of a hiatus uh, yeah. brother Vinny is actually preparing for his ordination as a transitional deacon mm-hmm. so we haven't done an episode in about a g six weeks i think but uh, hopefully we'll get back on track. Oh, with no, no the brothers. Uh, the brother. The brotherhood. Yeah. Oh, the, the brothers. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. the brother. I doubt there's another one out there with an S on it. Whoa, but just yeah, maybe it's like now they're gonna get sued by copyright, like the WWF. <laughs> right. Remember with that wild world wildlife federation? Remember that whole big mess that they sued the WWF? I heard about it. That's crazy. Yeah. So now you're gonna get sued by another one. But yeah, no, really enjoyed this. I can't wait to talk about movies that have. That have some type of spiritual element and theme. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eternals is we're looking to do that one next, so that's gonna be exciting. There's a lot of stuff yep. in there with the Eternal, but yeah, man, Dune, 
everybody check it out i uh, very highly recommend uh people to watch this it's a good movie loved it and so again uh, i'm roger your jenny flexer with faith reason and geekdom uh, brother brandon can you sign us off sure yes uh, this is brother brandon berg capuchin franciscan in colorado springs colorado and great to be on the faith reason geekdom podcast god bless everybody tune in leave a comment and uh, like and subscribe peace and all good All right, thank you. Godspeed.